Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk Radio. So on Saturday, September 29th, I attended the fifth annual Bacon and Beer Classic. I attended with a group of my friends, and we were at the USTA National Tennis Center. The event was right across from City Field, and it was from 12 to 4. I began walking out of the tennis center once it was over, and I saw a group of fans wearing David Wright's number five jersey. It was such a great thing to see everyone paying tribute to the Mets' third baseman, David Wright. To give you guys a little history recap, Wright was chosen by the Mets in 2001, amateur draft, and he made his major league debut in 2004. He played in 13 major league seasons for the Mets, made seven all-star games, and won two gold glove awards. His home run in game three of the 2015 World Series is one of his signature moments. On September 16, 2007, he became the 29th player in baseball history to join the 30-30 club. He is the third player to reach this milestone before his 25th birthday. He is the third Met to reach this milestone. The other two are Howard Johnson and Daryl Strawberry. I didn't attend the game, unfortunately, but I did get home in time just to see him waving off the field. To all of the fans and everyone that was there supporting him, it was such an emotional scene. I could see the tears in his eyes. His family was there. He hugged all of his teammates. You could see how much he loved playing baseball. And I personally could never imagine the pain he must have felt by making his announcement of retirement. I remember when he had his press conference and he said, physically, the way I feel right now and everything the doctors have told me, there's not going to be any improvement. Wright played his last major league game on May 27, 2016. Farewell to Captain America. He will certainly be missed on the field. And we here at Sports Talk Radio wish him all the best. Right. Mm-hmm. Farewell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not a Mets fan, oh but you understand. Oh my God. Well, okay, I'm not a Mets fan either. But I'm a New York fan. Yankees playing tonight. See, I would never tune in. I wouldn't watch unless it's like the World Series or like somebody almost pitching a, a perfect game, and you know, so I hear it or see it on the internet. I'm like, okay, right. let me go tune you in. Tune in. It's gotta be special for me, man. It's, it's gotta mean baseball. Right? It's tough. And I don't mean no disrespect to the baseball lovers, you know what I mean? Out there, but it's tough for me. Baseball yeah. is the ultimate chess game. I do like the way they, they're showing David Wright some love and letting him have his uh, farewell tour. Yeah, yeah. that's true. David definitely deserves this. Um, he stuck with the Mets through their toughest times. They definitely should have put better talent around them at during his prime. Yes. He definitely missed a lot of his prime yeah, playing he on did. bad teams. He did. Well, also, I mean, the injury, you know? Well, that's something, you, that's something that you kind of equate to the game, but everyone doesn't really, you know, they always looked at us as the bad guys, you know, when you get injured and your body fails you, you know, there's nothing you can do. That's true. You know, I really appreciate MLB for that, you know, at least they sit close to their, you know, they're old and they're wounded, you know, let a, let a guy, you know, we live his, 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 his past glory for a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. I appreciate it. How that. do you think the treatment is, like, between... You know, the MLB. Other leagues? Oh, yeah. man. I mean, the, for the NFL. NFL is, it's, it's a shame what they do to their past and current players a lot of times. Uh, just not looking out for guys, insurance policies and things like that, not being set in stone for these guys to manage their health at once their playing days are over. I mean, um, it's just sad with the NFL. Yeah, with yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you hear these stories right now about Eric Dickerson and, and the, the Hall of Fame players boycotting the Hall of Fame ceremony. And wow. I feel like it's, it's just, it's tasteless, you know, by, by the NFL owners, you know, by the, by the execs, the guys who, who pay the bills because, you know, those guys, you know, nurtured and, and, and founded the league and made it what it is today. For those guys to be forgotten about is a travesty, you know, they don't even have health care. I guess wow. for the most, you know, physically consuming game, that we have, yeah. you know, I, I figure healthcare be a, a basic, you know, thing for everybody. But I mean, you, well, you guys are athletes. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's really tough because they say the uh, the a collision in football is like taking a car and driving it into a wall, yeah. like thirty five miles per hour. Yeah. So you know, like, just imagine someone running their body into a wall at that speed. 
know, and, and, and the things that are going to happen as time goes by and you start getting older, it's just not good. Yeah, you're, it puts a strain on your body. I mean, well, you gotta. Uh, the NBA does a, a pretty decent job. Uh, they've they've lowered the back to backs, and they definitely took away the back to back to back. And, and that's you know great, I mean? you know, to have the analytics guys looking deeper mm-hmm. into it and seeing solutions uh, or solutions to the problem. I mean, it's something nobody talks about. Definitely something yeah. nobody talks about is, is longevity in sports. And then after taking care of guys, the NBA gives them a nice pension package, and they got health care, and they have a voice. You know, I feel like. The NFL players don't have a voice. Um, it's it's uh, for it to be such a storied and, and American, you know, love, you yeah. know, league. It's yeah. like you know they don't really share the values that they say America is built on. That so, is very true. You know, I, think, it, I think one of the other issues with the NFL is that they have so many more players to a team than the NBA or the MLB. Um, when you have so many guys on the team, fifty guys on the team it's like so many guys fly under the radar you never even pay attention so it's like too many guys for people yeah, to actually like cater for, to. for us as the fans to actually pay attention to them or, you know notice how they're aging and things that are going wrong with them you know a lot of times in basketball we hear about those guys who are going through uh, certain ailments or, or injuries or whatever you may have you from the game but now with nfl it's like those guys, you know, we don't hear about these guys until they're on their last leg. Yeah. You know? Earl Thomas, yeah. man. Earl Thomas, last yeah, week, breaking his leg. You know, he's holding out for a long-term deal, and now his worst nightmares come true. And, and just, man, I feel so bad for Earl Thomas. And it starts to give you a little more understanding of what's going on with Le'Veon Bell and you know, other guys that have held out. You know, you got a family, and, yeah. and your body is, is the only... It's a temple. It's, that this vessel is all you have to take care of that family, and you got to treat it special. And I, and I think it's really ironic that he just got hurt right at the time when we were announcing that Le'Veon was going to be coming back for week 10. And I so was ready. what kind of implications <laughs> is this injury going to have on that now? Yeah. You know, like, is Le'Veon going to look at this and say to himself, it's not worth it? Because I know it, if I'm Le'Veon, I got to take a look at that and say to myself, is it really worth it to go out here and risk it for a one-year contract. Hey, hey, hey. Mm. if he doesn't come back by week 10, he won't be a part of free agency. That's a rule. So he has to come oh. back by week 10. The thing with Le'Veon Bell is he's going to come back week 7 after the bye so he can play against the Browns and get a tune-up game. He understands how serious this is. Like I said, he's starting to understand that his body is a temple, and that's his business. His body is his business. Yeah. So I understand fully what he's doing. And this has all been methodical. People thought it was just a ah, hurrah, but yeah. it's been really, truly methodical. Yeah. And Le'Veon's going to change things for guys going forward, not just running backs, because as you can see, Earl Thomas is in the back. He's safety. It's going to change things for every position. Well, I know for, for, for one thing that the running back position in itself does need change because the owners and the coaches of these teams don't value these guys because they're uh, their prime span is longer than, I mean, it's shorter, sorry, than the prime of a wide receiver or the other guys that play at skill positions. A quarterback you can get 15 to 20 years out of. Uh, guys like Tom Brees setting a new mold now for quarterbacks playing until they're 40-plus. Um, you know, wide receivers even just playing longer. And, you know, the longevity at these other positions is so much better than that running back. Running back, you take a beating every single play, whether you're in pass protection, whether you got the ball in your hands, receive out of the backfield, you're just getting hit constantly. So it's it's really easy to understand why Le'Veon's doing what he's doing and why uh, none of his teammates or um, adversaries should be speaking on it or, you know, yeah, saying hey, anything. You got to take care of his family, man. You got to take care of himself. He's trying to do, yeah. I mean, it's hard. The players are going back to back, back to back, getting hits, and then they have Thursday night football. Like, and that's something that I hate, you know, because these guys are playing the ultimate gladiator sport. Yeah. You know? and there's no way that you can tell me these guys are fully recovered after yeah, three or four recovered. days after these games. You know, the NFL is the NFL for a reason. You have top-notch doctors, trainers. Um, all these guys are supposed to be preparing these guys during the week, and they're supposed to get. That six or seven days, if for nothing else, just because repetitive nature, this is what they always do. When you throw a game in on a Thursday night and we're only scheduled for one or two of those for the year, now we have to come out of our element. We have to, you know, change our whole preparation around. It's just different. I feel, I feel like that's the part that really changes things for me is the psychological part. 
it's if I play on this Sunday and I know that I have to play on a Thursday, am I going to give it my all on this Sunday? Because you know that Thursday, you only got a few days to recover. And you got to go harder. So it's psychologically, just looking at that on the schedule, those games are circling because it's like, Okay, we've got to change everything. Our preparation. Right. How many, right. Oh, we used to take a day off after a game. Now we can't take a day off right. after the game because if we do, now it's Tuesday. Yes. Right. And now we got a day to prepare right. because Wednesday we can't go so hard. Right. It's, it's a tough pill to swallow for guys who, who are asked to go top speed all the time. I think it's a bigger issue at hand also just from the sense of we're not looking at what the NFL is doing here. You know, like... It's been proven by the NFL so many times that the only thing that matters to them is the bottom line. So they want asses and seats. If they can't get asses and seats, it doesn't really matter to them how they get those asses and those seats. They just want people at those games. And a Thursday night game is just another opportunity for them to collect millions of dollars through advertising. We didn't talk about CTE in the last topic. We could have talked about that for the entire time. That's one thing that they can't get away from. And one thing, and another thing that they definitely not going to get away with is the healthcare that we talked about. Thursday night football is clearly an indication that players are going above and beyond to play the game of football at a high level. Because Thursday night football is prime time. Everybody's watching. You can't go half-ass on a Thursday night football game. You know what I mean? So the NFL, they're watching. You know, you got cap. You know, there, there are issues that, that they can't really put put a stamp in and, 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 and stomp and, and put out the fire like they used to. So they just, you know, give Malcolm Jenkins a couple couple million dollars. Hopefully it goes away. And, and they're just, you know, moving, you know, very, very gradually through all of the social issues and, and, and the issues away from football that the retired players are dealing with. You know, for, for them to be losing their mental stability at 35, 40, and, and not being able to provide for their family and, and, and being put in situations. Oh, man, I was going to talk about that. Putting in, oh, put in situations where their reputation is destroyed, everything they've done for 40 and 45-plus years, building their name, being in the community, being a great player, even though football is such an aggressive sport, to see those guys have reputable, you know, you know, like Junior Seau was looked at as a hero to a lot of people. And because of CTE, he died as a coward, killed his wife wow. and himself and his family's name is shamed and it just it just doesn't sit well with me that the nfl wouldn't look out for guys on a larger level after seeing things like that especially but you know we'll see what happens not to mention these guys are probably the lowest paid of the three major sports uh baseball and basketball players make more than football players across length of the season but you know other things play a factor into it as well but i think it's just a matter of, you know, we have to look out for these guys. You know, they're coming out here on Sunday. They're giving us something to do. Yeah. We, we, we're locked in front of TVs yeah. for That's six, crazy. seven, eight hours at a time, <laughs> throwing parties, <laughs> cooking food, all of these things that we're doing. These guys are captivating our minds for, you know, a, a long period of time right. on Sundays, yeah. Wednesdays, Mondays, you know, Saturdays towards the end of the season. It's, it's crazy to me that they're adding more, you know, like right. they're trying to add more, but at the same time, trying to lessen the impact of the game. And I think that's another issue. We have form, uh, players currently and former players who try to avoid the issues as far as CTE is concerned and the new rule changes that are being placed into effect now. All of those rule changes to me are easy to abide by easy to abide by you know we got all these guys coming on the league is getting soft and all this other kind of stuff we got to make up our minds we can't be one second the league is getting soft and then the next second um now when when someone dies now we're all holding our heads and right. kumbayaing together right. as if we didn't you know as if we didn't help formulate this plan that that, that caused the demise of this person so we have to make up our minds as fans what do we want you know right. what do we and players also. What do we want when, when our football life is over? When our career is over? Are we trying to be healthy enough to take care of families and kids and see them graduate and all of these things? Or, you know, are we just living in the moment and making excuses for ourselves as to why we can't do things that are very, very, very easily done as far as following those rules? And you're talking about rules. Want to get into the basketball rules? Oh, the NBA. Um, 
They're putting but the rules have to be catered to make sure that those stars stay in the but game. I think that, but I think that has, a la, a la I think that has to be naturally, right? Because those guys, they, like I said, they dominate the ball, you know, um, and especially in today's NBA. My goodness, it's like this is a point guard league now. Yeah, because yeah, they take care of them. There's no more hand checking. Inside out. There's no more hand checking. They take care of them because the game has but, changed. For me, as a fan also now, talking about what you just spoke on, which was the the softness that's included in the game now. And when you try to compare errors, it's almost impossible. I have arguments with children all the time about Steve Nash, Steph Curry, uh, or, or, or any point guard from the past, comparing them to these guys now. Yeah, it's hard to. How do I do that when Steph Curry's numbers are ballooned to the ceiling and we can't even expose the weaknesses in his game if there are any because... They don't allow you to touch guys. They don't allow you to to, to, to be physically. Well, 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 the Cavaliers exploited his size and and, and that three to one comeback. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they ran him on pick and rolls. You know, there, there's ways, okay? And that's the culture aspect of it. Greg Popovich once played LeBron and said, give him all jump shots. He won, he won that time. He said the same thing instead of changing what he was doing and LeBron beat him at the, the next year, okay? It's all about modifications by the coaches. I feel like as long as you have great coaching, you're going to make sure that those guys' weaknesses stand out because right. I'm going to watch film, I'm going to watch film, I'm going to watch film right. until I get his weaknesses and then we're going to exploit those. And, and we're going to do them at a high level because if you look at guys, the explosive point guards that we have, other than Russell Westbrook, all of them are small. All of them are smaller guys. You know, Russell Westbrook, John Wall, a little bigger. But for the most part, they're, they're explosive. They have the ball in their hand. They go on top speed, and they don't want to be touched. That's what the league says. But now, everyone's switching. Right. And, and, you know, so I now was, I can switch again. Man, <laughs> See, the coaches have crossed over. Yeah, now I can switch See, I was now. waiting for that. I was waiting for that right there. Because, for me, that is the most annoying thing about watching basketball today is how easily these guys switch. I don't want to turn to a game. I, I, there's so many times where... I've been talking to a friend, you know, and we're saying, hey, so-and-so plays so-and-so tonight. And I'm like, oh, man, my mouth is bordering for this matchup. I'm ready to go watch. And then it's pick and roll all night. You know, I barely see the superstars going at it. it, it it's it's uh, Steph Curry versus um, um, JaVale McGee or some seven-footer, you know, uh, yeah. Clint Capella, you know, like, I don't, I don't yeah. want to turn to yeah, and watch that. It's tough. You know, I, play, I played in the old Big East in college basketball where we had cold sets. Uh, we, we, we played a pick and roll hedge. We, 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 uh, we watched for the slips. And, you know, we, we trapped them. Uh, we, we come out early on them. Uh, we have guys that we funnel to a certain side. Uh, we down into the baseline. So there's a million ways you can play the pick and roll. To see guys in the NBA not give this much effort is yeah. so sad. They're making yeah. so much money, and it's a travesty of the game. Like, Tristan Thompson guarded Steph Curry for like a whole fourth yes. quarter. Yes. It's what we're reduced to. Yes. Because coaches say, okay, just switch. Yes. Okay, just switch. Yes. Okay, just switch. LeBron's going against Steph Curry for, for yes. a half a quarter. Mm. Because coach said, oh, let's just switch. Let's just switch. And, 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 and the crazy thing is that we watch LeBron versus Steph Curry. And then when the game is over, we forget that it was Steph Curry that was holding <laughs> LeBron. Like, we're going to put him above guys who had to go against the toughest defender on the other team the entire night. Multiple defenders. Sorry about that. Multiple, multiple defenders. Multiple, couple guys. The entire night. And if they're going against these guys, how can I take LeBron now, who's playing against football. someone four or five inches shorter than him, 30, 40 pounds smaller than him, every for the whole entire game, these guys are exploiting mismatches left and right, and I can't even say exploit because the defense is is just giving in. You know, like it's, I mean, they're just giving in. Like I don't, I don't know. Like they, it's like that's the strategy. So if that's the strategy, I mean, what are we gonna do out here? If you guys ever make it to an Eagle Academy game, you won't see any switching, man. <laughs> I'm gonna make sure that, that my guys are yeah, yeah. position of the young people to learn. You know, and then I think that'll change things. You know, basketball changes every 
10 years, yes. you know, a different style of play takes over. I believe defense will be back in the fold very soon because teams are getting so powerful offensively. Someone's going to have to put a stamp on yeah. defense and, 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 and come up with some schemes to, to be able to deter guys from shooting threes and, and or getting lobs at the basket for alleys. So wow. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be one of those guys. Yeah, and I'm going to be one of those guys. It's gonna be, I'm going to be one of those guys. I need a little bit of time, you know. You know, hey, when, when my kids get a little older, I'll figure when it out. Said I'm telling you, I'm glad she said that because <laughs> yo, there's ne that's it's never been it's never been Tiger somebody no. who went from God of the sport <laughs> to <laughs> to like yeah. Oscar, yeah. you know, in the garbage yeah. can, and then <laughs> back up to yeah. like he's a god, like he wanted it. Everybody was like chasing, walking behind him, and like they yeah. were like like he had the the um the Enter the Dragon glow behind yes, him. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, it was yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah man, it was crazy, man. Love. It was it was like man, it was it was the last game of the tour yes. for the rest of the season. Like like that storybook stuff. You know man, that that that, that yeah. little clip yeah. there. It almost made me want to be a golfer, man. Just watching that's how storybook, man. they storybook. followed him as he walked that story. I mean, I don't even know where he was walking to, but I know <laughs> you that wanted to go? following. Yeah, I wanted to be a part of that. Like I wanted to be out there and walk with Tiger, man. Like that—that that was epic. Yeah, it was special. You know, I haven't watched uh, golf in its entirety ever. Yeah, never yeah. watched it full. But you know, just like I said, I saw it on the internet. And, like I had to tune in. Like I'm, that's how I'm. Like it's like moments like that I yeah. want to be a part of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I got, I got to see what's going on. And then you know he won. And you know, let's be honest, it's a bunch of white people running behind him. Like this is, yeah. like this is America. Like this is America. This is America. You know what I mean? Malcolm X. If he knew the power that he has, man, he'd yes, be more yes. of an activist. Yes, but yes, yes. you know, with him winning right now. I know it's going to humble him. Um, he's going to be in a different realm than what he used to be, which was a family man and, you know, um, America's clean cut, uh, clean cut superhero. Now he'll be, you know, the underdog a few times. He, he won't be ranked number one, like some people say, coming out. He'll maybe have a top 25 ranking, which is honorable because he hasn't won in forever, but he did win the last one. So he should be recognized as one of the top 25 I mean, players. Let's, let's, let's be realistic, though. How much better was golf when Tiger was good? No, like you're not getting viral content from golf yeah, unless mean, Tiger. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna pay attention to yeah. golf if Tiger's not gonna happen. Tiger's gotta be good for us to pay attention to golf. And I think that just speaks to how big he is to the game. You can make minorities and just people who don't pay attention to the sport in general. If you can get them to watch the sport, you know you're doing something epic. And Tiger's early years were epic, man. You know, like just the, yeah, the yeah, amount he, of he, he put himself in a position to to have a comeback like he has because the expectation of greatness is always going to be there for him. True. It's always going to be True. you're a winner. Yeah. You're a winner. Like you should be winning, and I I feel like that's a special thing. Like people are no longer talking about his past, and and. That's when sports helps people transcend yes. the negative things. Kobe getting over what he got over and being a yeah. champion. Like those are the. Th I think it just means so much to oh me because when, you know what I mean. I'm, I, I got you know yeah. I resonate with it on a lot of levels. But you know just to be back on the top. You know what I mean when you were once told you'd never be there again. It's like you're taking the personal out and you're just focusing on his talent. Yeah, which and, is what and his humanity should do. And his you know, humanity, right. because yeah. no one ever seen him as one. Right. Yeah. Like I said, he was a god. He was up here. Everybody, nobody can do anything to him. He can do right. whatever he want. And, and then, then, when he always, got, then he got humble. Yeah. You can see that he's human. And now you're feeling for another human. Mm. You know what I mean? You're rooting for another human. He's not a bad guy. And right. I think, it's I not think a, we you know, need to start doing that also. You know, we hold guys to a certain standard just because they're in an NFL or NBA or MLB jersey, whatever mm -hmm. it is, you know, and, and we act as if they're not human, you right. know, like I was reading an article in the paper yesterday about Saquon Barkley and he was talking about how he responds to some things that people say on uh, Instagram and Twitter and things of that nature. Uh, KD little brother. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like it, it's to me, it's like social media gives us a, a deeper glimpse into what these athletes are like on an, on an everyday basis, but we can't forget that it's a glimpse. It's not the whole picture. You know, we don't know these people personally. We don't know what they're going through on a day-to-day -day basis. We don't know how stressed they are or if, if someone in their family's sick.
we don't know all of these things. So sometimes we catch these guys on a bad day. Yep. And they are human just like we are, you know, yep. just because they make more money than us or they work harder at their craft than us, whatever you want to call it, there's, you know, we, we can't act as if they're not human. These guys are human and they don't like it when people insult them or say certain things to them right. just like we don't. Right. That's true. I mean, That's very true. You know, a big part of sports is, you know, the camaraderie. You know, golf is a lonesome sport. You know, you're out there by yourself. Um, and it's, uh, you know, for a guy to, you know, like I said, once again, go through everything that he had to go through just to be back a winner because, like, the odds of winning one, you know, outing in golf were, you know, tremendous. And, you know, no one picked him to do it. You know, I just I just, I just, just love that individual winning aspect of it. You know, it's, there's no other sport like that where, you know, maybe other than boxing, yeah. To where you're gonna will yourself, yeah. and you're gonna you're gonna you can come back from a hiatus like that and and, and, and get your form and, and be great again. So. And I think people That's discount that also. We, a lot of times we try to only hold the people who can sustain greatness for a long time in that light. But I feel like there's something to be said about guys like Tiger, even taking it back as far as Muhammad Ali. You know, like we hold him as the greatest because of the trials and tribulations yeah. that he went through, right. yeah. coming back, right. winning the title yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and I feel like that's Tiger right now. Beating the odds, coming back, fighting, persevering through all the trials and tribulations, all of the failures, all of the, you know, the losses, and continuing to to keep pushing, continuing to keep working on his game. He changed coaches about five times. Man, man, changed swinging styles, changed diets, changed so much. He had back injury after back injury. He was, uh, he had the the opioid problem for a while. You know, he had to, you know, rid his body of that, so. He, he's mean, been, he's that, been that's, so that guy's so just as much of a champion to me as the guy who won 10 straight, you know, and did it over 15 years. I mean, this, that those guys, they need to get the same amount of credit. We need to hold them in the same light. When you can dig down deep and fight through it and still come out on top, there's something to be said about that, too. It's very special. Yeah. The only thing that isn't special what's happening now in society with the Me Too movement. Oh, man, that's that's at the forefront. You know, we just had a yeah. confirmation hearing slash movie slash reality show slash, you know, um, barbecue. You know, it felt like, you know, just just theatrical. I mean, and, um, yeah. you know, thank God for Me Too. You know, it allowed, you know, everybody who already knew that, you know, rich and powerful men were sexist and and, and just just terrible in their actions towards women and you know and the things that they say and and just the way they're treated in the workplace and it's um you know the me too movement is is definitely challenged everybody to think about who they are and and by i hope other men are doing what i do um and that's looking and seeing who i am and and not in how i deal with women because i'm always respectful i'm a gentleman but in how i'm gonna conduct myself when I see other people doing, uh, you know, wrongful things yeah. or, you know, being aggressive or, you know, or being flirtatious. And, you know, I always speak up on those things because the people that don't, I know they feel bad when they hear about things that happen because they didn't speak up. Yeah, yeah. And that's another thing that we have to start doing. Also, we need to encourage these victims to come out and say what it is that is that's happening to them in the moment and not 45 years later 50 years later you know we need to talk about these things as they're happening so that we can nip it in the bud you know a lot of these guys continue to operate i think that that's a great point i think that we have to look at what's wrong with our leader our so-called leader donald trump like he just tried to belittle dr ford and everything that she was trying to get out there which is why a lot of women especially don't come forward well you know i saw him today and you know he went on a rant you know he had a rally yesterday and he he, you know disrespected and you know impersonated her you know it was horrible and this morning he talked about how um there's a crisis in america for young men right you know that's it's um you know, as a man, you want to hear things like that because it'll push our initiative forward and it'll have people to believe us if we're ever accused of anything. But it's shameful to have a guy that's 
you know, been blamed and accused by 12 different women at the helms of America's, you know, judicial system and, you know, judicial process and, and, and trying to get like-minded people on the Supreme Court. Right. That, that's when it gets out of hand right. when, you know, Trump is, is getting people who think and feel the way he feels about other people, right. other genders, and other ethnicities. And there are a lot of like-minded does. individuals. Yeah, there are. Come and on. I, he's got I'm a 30% approval rating. Right. Yeah, that means there's a third of the, the country that feels the way he feels. And, you know, it's um, it's nothing new. You know, um, we didn't grow up in the civil rights movement, but we were children of the civil rights right. movement. Right. So you know, we got a chance to see things that our so kids are never going to see. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. Racism will be pretty much disappeared yeah. in about 15, 20 years when my, my little boys are... Well, you know, I don't know if we can say that, you know, because we thought that it'd be gone when we were, when we came right. about No, it, no, right. I wasn't that optimistic. Well, I'm not you, I mean, but I mean the people before us. You right. know what I mean? Right. I, I'm pretty right. sure. I, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think that they were as educated as they should have been. You know, a problem I had with, you know, my predecessors and, you know, ancestors and the people in my family were that they didn't choose understanding uh, through education. They chose understanding through the streets and, you know, um, uh, having power of the streets. You know, I, I wish more of them would have went to college and more of them would have read and, you know, built for the next generations right. to follow because I would have had a template to go against. So now as a man, I have to make my own way and I have to, you know, set my own plans in motion so that the next generations after me have, uh, you know, lucrative, you know, blessed, you know, longevity. And I think those, there are a select few of uh, our black men that are out here who are doing the right thing, who are succeeding in, uh, upper positions of management, teaching, whatever it may be. And we have those guys out here who are doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing as men and reflecting a great image of black men on society. And I think we should shout those guys out. I'm currently working in a school with a black principal. You know, uh, he sh- shows up every day dressed down to the T. You know, he's... Yeah, yeah, he takes care of his I like that guy. Right. All, all, of, all of those stand things, up, you know. So stand up guy, stand up for guy. me, it's like we have to pay attention to those guys. And a lot of times we get up and we only speak about the negative. You know, we talk about Pookie and a uh, little stomach ache and those guys. And we don't bring up the, you know, the principles of the world who are black, you know. Um, right. Doctors, we no, got so many lawyers, got, so many civil servants. Yeah. You know, my guy Eric Gaff that was just in here, who you know graciously helps us get this this setting, and you know he he's helped us get another setting. You know, to shoot the podcast out. Uh, shout out to the MTA. You know, he's just another guy who raised both of his sons. They're both in college right now, and just does everything the right way. Yeah, I mean, when he's been a great mentor know, for me and Mike. Just a really good guy. Just, you know, I think that's another important thing as well. We have to reach out to the mentors that we have. We need to exhaust those, you know, those options all the time. You know, I think a lot of times we, as a new generation, we try to take a independent approach to everything. We always want want it to just be us. The light can only shine on us, that individual. It can't be a group. It can't be... Um, you know, like-minded individuals doing something for a good cause. A lot of times when we gang up and click up for things, it's for negative stuff, you know, and we need to get guys who are doing successful things in the same room and and share those ideas and figure out how we can uh, manifest some of those ideas and make it happen, you know, get good things going on out here so we show a positive example for kids. Definitely, definitely. You know, the next generation is watching us. Uh, You know, I work at a high school now. And uh, I do college preparation, you know. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's amazing how many kids come in and they know nothing about the process of even going right. to college. Yeah. And they haven't done anything. They don't know what's going on. And I take so much pride in, I want a huge caseload. I only have about five right now. But I, I, I want 100 kids. I'm serious. I don't care how much it takes out of me mentally. But when I'm in that school, I'm there. I'm with them. You know, I've done my yeah. research. I've only been there two weeks. But, you know, I, I know... Uh, college codes i know the difference between a cuny and a suny now yeah. you know i'm 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 growing as well and with me going back to school in january me and these kids i feel like are on the same path yeah. we're, we're walking yeah. you know that journey together so side by know, side yeah yeah this next generation's got a lot yeah. to look forward to especially because guys like me and mike gonna be out here you know trying to push the culture and initiative forward trying to also just trying to 
affect change, man. Like, you know, yeah. we, we, we're not just sports guys, you know, just like we're not just sports here on the show. So we're gonna we're gonna go out here and we're gonna talk to these kids about the same stuff that we had to go through when we were growing up. The lack of role models, the yeah. lack of guidance, uh, all of these things that these kids now have to go through, where they're being forced to figure it out on their own. You know, yeah. whether they're being forced or whether it's just a, a a personal choice, it's one that doesn't have to be made. There are plenty of good examples out here, like we just named uh, a few that we just named. So. There are plenty of good examples out here for you guys to follow behind. Don't feel like you guys have to go at stuff alone. You know, you can call into the show. We'll give advice. You know, all these outlets are open to you guys. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. the platform is moving up. We definitely are about to start having call-ins. And, you know, I'm really I'm really glad that, you know, we, we feel so comfortable talking because we might help some other people get more confident in talking. Okay. You know, I was a communication major. That's why I'm finishing my degree. And I feel like... It's the, for somebody who's sociable and who loves people and who's personable with everybody that I come in contact with, it's nothing like communication. If more people and more young people were confident about talking and expressing themselves, but also being able to listen and carry out instructions, because it's hard to be a follower these days. Everybody wants to be a leader. But, you know, kudos to, uh, you know, us as a group for doing like what I've, we're doing. I've worked in financial aid for... I don't know, 11 years, I don't want to tell my age, but <laughs> but working in a college has prepared me, not just for my kids, but, you know, to be a mentor for a lot of the students that were there asking for financial aid yes. advice, how do I fill out these type of papers, yeah. what does this terminology mean? Yeah. So I've learned a lot just from working in higher education for so many years, and it's like, each one teach one um you know it's not about the quantity of your students it's about the quality that you provide service so it's so surreal for me right now because you know just being the age that i am now and thinking about when me and six were in high school and we were seniors and we now we attacked this journey together now i'm not just saying this now we were (laughs) looking at colleges all of these things we were doing together and just to know how lost we were then, you know, oh, yeah. in that process. Yeah. Yeah. Had no idea what was going on. Had no idea yep. where to start, really, you know, what to prioritize. You know, we didn't know any of these things. And, you know, luckily for us, we were able to make it to where we are now. But we don't want these kids now to have to go through the same thing that right. we went through. Like, there's right. no reason for us to be here and older and advanced in age and uh, experience if we're not going to take that and give it to the younger generation. Like, I know somebody was saying that the streets don't lie. <laughs> I mean, they don't. I mean, it's, and, and listen, like, I, I grew up right here, you know, in Brooklyn, and um, the streets teach you a lot about life. You know, it's, it's, it's made me unafraid of anything. You know, I've, I've been to so many different places, you know, countries and states, and, you know, I've had to uh, build my mark on quite a few different times. Um, uh, in the face of, of um, tremendous odds. And, you know, that's what the streets will teach you. And they don't lie because if you violate them, they, they will violate you back. So, you know, the, the streets is a, a different part of, uh, you know, a, a whole different part of, of life, you know, basketball. You should also keep in mind that the streets have no rules. You know, we, we like to pretend as if there are rules and codes and regulations that we all follow by. But there are no rules. There are no rules. Anybody at any point in time can go left, you know, in the street, and you just gotta hope that you're not a victim of circumstance, right. you know. And and the way you can 100 percent ensure that is to remove yourself from that. Well, two minutes. Two minute drill. You know, I definitely um, you know, I'll start off the two minute drill. You know, I, I wanted to reiterate the political side of things. And what's going on and november 6th is a huge day okay growing up i never knew anything about congress i never knew anything about councilmen i never knew anything about district assemblymen assemblymen but one thing i know right now is that the congressmen are impeding the impeachment process you see when the president is this outlandish and this uh jovial i'll say about life and about personal business matters 
the Congress is supposed to hold him accountable and supposed to begin an impeachment process if he's shown many, many times that he is not presidential. So November 6th is the day that everyone should get out and vote for Congresses and just vote Democratic. We have a democracy, just vote Democratic. Doesn't matter who you pick Democratic, it is better than Republican, in my opinion. So that's just how I feel. Um, I know we were supposed to touch on breast cancer also. Yes, this yes, is October. Now. Yes, definitely. Breast cancer awareness. Me as early detection. someone who's mm-hmm. lost a grandparent to this amazingly frightening disease. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I just want to say, you know, you guys should do your research. Any ways that you can look up or inform yourself on how to prevent cancer or know better ways just to take care of yourself on an everyday basis yeah, I, I, I would love to learn more too what's up so what's, what's the process like a mammogram um i think it depends on your genetics i guess okay. yeah, um, you've been in your family right and, uh, my my great she's a three-time cancer survivor she's a tough one um she it started out in her breasts and then it went to other areas but early detection can speak to your OBGYN. Um, for me, they said 35 would be the best option because of the history. Um, either your grandparent, your great grandparent. I mean, I would just say just check. Get checked. Um, Get checked. Obviously, okay. there's like different pamphlets and stuff. I don't want to show y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Get oh, checked. this is Get how checked. you check. I know, but... <laughs> yeah, I know we're talking about cancer, but you guys, like, you just should heed what Nikki said in general. You know, yeah. If you guys know that something runs in your family, or you know that yeah. a lot of people in your family are uh, or are, are coming down with something or being diagnosed with something, educate yourselves on it and yeah. find a way to avoid it. You know, because I would say like well, any type of cancer. Because no, my dad, any type a, of sickness. Yes. If you know you're not taking so. care of yourself and you drinking a lot or you smoking a lot or you don't have the best appetite, so you're not eating for some reason or you having shit in three weeks. I don't know what's the affliction out here with people. I just know that more people need to be going to get checked up yes. on a regular basis, yes. to see what's going on with them. I've just been to the doctor. I had to go through a bunch of you know physical things for the job, work with the kids. You know, they gave me a TV shot. But I know I'm fit. I'm know I'm well. I mean, and that's all is, that matters. The thing is, it's usually men that have this fear. Of yeah, yeah, because like, we were why? brought up saying that if you go to the doctor, you're weak. You know, or yo, it's something wrong with you. That's why you're going. Like it's 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 always the the these macho uh, uh, alpha male things that 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 bind men to to being just stupid. You know, I I grew up in an environment where if if you didn't always say you were good here and here, then you were a, a bitch and you were pussy and, and all these things. You know what I'm saying? Just because. You know, you got you got feelings or you got emotions right. or because you care about people right. or because you know what? I believe in karma. So I don't fuck people over. You know what I mean? So it's like being a man right now and just what I learned growing up, it disgusts me. Yeah. And, and I hope any young people that's watching, man, be yourself. Never never ever try to be, you know, the flow for everybody oh. else. Just be be yourself, man. Be what works for you. And people are gonna love you for who you are. Yes. You, 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 you'll find people that love you for just who you are. You never have to be anything other than what God made you. you know, and, and, and that's the reason why I preach I equality. That. That's the reason why I preach, you know, for anyone that's homosexual to be who they are. That's why I preach for even, you know, the you know, people who would like to be transgenders, you know what I mean? Change if you like, be whoever you wanna be, because this all this world is for us all. This is our world. And, you know, no one can tell anybody who they are, who they're supposed to be. And, you know, I, I'm I, shame on the people that I grew up with because if if I had grown up around the right mentors, you know, I, I could have been Martin Luther King. You know, I'm, I would have fought for the rights of a lot of people because I just, it just, it, it kills me that, you know, more people don't, who have platforms, speak mm-hmm. on behalf of people mm-hmm. who are out here getting stepped on every day. Yep. So as our platform built, I'm going to make sure we hold ourselves accountable and do things for Christmas. We, we, need... we live in a time where there's a lot of garbage being spewed yes. over a lot of different uh, <laughs> Queen networks. Radio. And, yeah, you know, like it's just, <laughs> it's sad that people can just, you know, jump on a mic and say whatever they want to say. But that's why we try to keep it 
real at, right. at the end of the day here because we we, you, we know you guys are going to disagree with some of the things that we say. You know, you guys aren't going to feel I was going to say thing. real talk. Yeah, you know, it's real <laughs> Not talk. Not just for Yeah, you know, so <laughs> we know you guys are going to conflict, uh, you know, with our opinions and things of that nature. But, you know, this is, this is what good debating and, you know, good idea sharing yeah. is for. We're supposed to get up here. We're supposed to share with everybody. And we don't rehearse. Yes, this is, all, no this is all. We just do it. the cuff, you know. We just go. We're going. We just talk to the people. It's just completely organic. This is this is us sharing our thoughts and ideas and experiences yeah. with you people, and we love you for it. Yes. Thank you for tuning in. You should ride out to that theme song. Oh, yeah, we're definitely going to ride out the to the theme, theme song. song. You guys, yeah, I'm about to start just riding and making posts of me Yeah, let us know how you guys. I'm going to just start riding with the theme song. Yeah, like I'm going to just start doing the highway It's a trifecta from long range, you done messed up. Get ready for this full court pressure. Straight talk to your gut like a hell merit. Stiff arm in competition, now they ain't ready. We ain't worried, got the play in the huddle. Hard hitting commentary, make the faded heart fumble. Be humble, you ain't ready for the skills. Triple double, let them know that game is real. Swinging for the bleachers every time. Grand slam every time they hit me rhyme. I'm in my prime, no limit on the scrimmage. Scramble, shaking, bait, got the opposition spinning. I'm there grinning, this is easy as a layup. Trash talking to the haters, players say what? Chatting all crazy, gotta play me though. This is Sports Talk Radio. This is Sports Talk Radio, Radio, Radio. This is Sports Talk Radio, Radio, Radio. This is Sports Talk Radio, Radio, Radio. This is Sports Talk Radio. This is Sports Talk Radio, Radio, Radio. This is Sports Talk Radio, Radio, Radio. This is Sports Talk Radio, Radio, Radio. This is Sports Talk Radio, Radio.